Hi, friends, and welcome to Screen Vomit, the only movie podcast for normal people. I'm, of course, your host, Kayla, and I do have a guest with me for the ebb. But before I get to that, if you like the show, you can follow me on Instagram and everywhere else at Screen Vomit, one word on all of the things. Leave me a rating and review on your podcast app. And I also have a Patreon now, patreon.com slash screen vomit. And me and the guest today also did a Patreon-exclusive episode on a different Christmas movie called Santa Girl, so that's going to be on Patreon. So if you like this one, you'll probably like that one. So check that out, now the moment you've been waiting for. My guest today is a fellow podcast host of the Not Your Final Girl podcast. She's also a rocker, a solo artist, goes by her name, which is Ariel Dyer. All right, I'm here with Ariel Dyer. What's up? What's up? (laughs) Hell yeah. So I had to have you on specifically at this time of year (laughs) Uh (laughs) because I recently found out about a um, terminal illness that you have. (laughs) It is is fatal, yeah. It's it's a tragedy. A fatal terminal illness. Where you are addicted to Christmas movies, true or false? It's very true. It's only specifically <laughs> Christmas rom-coms. Christmas rom-coms, okay, that's okay. it. None of this like Santa shit, none of those family films. Gotta be a Christmas mm. rom-com. Christmas rom-coms. And largely those happen to be straight, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. I've I've seen all, I've seen probably all the gay ones, um, but they are they yeah, all four. I can of count them. them on one hand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Although a lot of um I've seen several with very interesting queer subtext, let's call it, um, that that okay. refuses to be acknowledged, but yes. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> this one is not one of them, unfortunately, the one we're going to talk about, so. R.I.P. No, not queer at no. all. Yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. to the gays, <laughs> uh, a.k.a. us. <laughs> so where does this obsession come from for you, or where does it start? What gets you into being this way? It started like three years ago, I think. So it's not mm-hmm. even like a lifetime right I contracted it recently I guess um <laughs> I don't know like things were just I, it started with like ah what the hell here it is let's put it on right and yeah and then I couldn't stop like there was just it was the most baffling shit I'd ever seen in my life um I I had to know more and so then I just started watching and I started looking for like the worst, like the the worst of the worst, which I feel like I've learned a lot more from filmmaking, um, about filmmaking from these like the worst Christmas rom coms. Interesting. Yeah, because you'll understand like literally I I say shit now that I'm like, oh the soundtrack is turned up very high on this one. Like I, I just noticed like <laughs> weird or like, oh wow, the the sound guy didn't show up that day because I can hear like what sounds like skateboarding in the same room. Like <laughs> it's like when you see a film done so badly after watching good films you say oh this is what went wrong yes that wasn't happening in the good films that i saw it's it's like the opposite of that (laughs) have you ever heard the thing where it's like uh this is probably unfortunately very like evangelical thing to even say but i feel like in church they would always say the thing about like how you know real money like bank tellers only give you're only handling real money so you know the counterfeits like because they don't feel like real mm. money. So I just do the opposite mm-hmm. where I'm just handling yeah. the shit so that I can tell. <laughs> that I, 
But it's weird because somewhere <laughs> along the way it became some sort of genuine love. Like, I truly love these horrible movies. And if they're too... There are, like, ones that aren't horrible enough. And those ones I get upset at because they're not... They piss you off. Yeah, they're not interesting enough. Like, there's nothing to hold on to and kind of <laughs> discuss. <laughs> so you're interested in their flaws. Sort of flaws are beautiful, yes, There you go. It's a very, like, <laughs> positive, reclaiming... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I sort of have a similar affliction to... Or, like... Um, I'm drawn towards like indie movies that are mm, say pretty low budget, pretty DIY, mm-hmm. like a, a lot of things not very polished, let's say. <laughs> I feel like that's so no- it's, but, it's it's more noble though because I feel like often with indie films it's people who are truly trying to put a story out there and this is like the true. nemesis of that. <laughs> this is like like no one is like, "Oh my god, finally my story is told." this Christmas rom-com is out in the world, you know? <laughs> it's like chaotic good and chaotic evil yes, or something. Yes, 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 Like two sides yeah. of the same coin or something. <laughs> because because it's a whole industry, right? Like they crank this shit out. Uh-huh. Like I know, yeah. like there's certain production companies where I'm like, yes, this is the exact, like they always produce the trashiest ones, my favorite production company. And you know, they just crank out like hundreds <laughs> of these every year. Uh-huh, they're cranking it day and night. Yeah, exactly. Just nonstop. Like, there's ones where I swear to God, I'm like, that's the same set. Like, that is the same set. <laughs> I was, uh, we'll have to get into it, but I was thinking they have to be like reusing a lot of the stuff that's going on <laughs> in these sets. It, it's like the ham, like, um, it's kind of yeah. like the, like the Roger Corman. Like, these films are like the Roger Corman of the, the rom com world, to be honest with you. Yeah. So. All right, so let's talk about the movie that you've picked for today, and which is the 2020 film, Lifetime movie, in fact, Dear Christmas, which is a name so boring <laughs> that I have to look it up every single time I want to tell anybody it's about It's so hard it. to remember any of these names. Yes, yes. Yeah. So I actually have like kind of a lot going on for the cast yep. here. I have like a big chunk of notes uh, around cast and crew, in fact. <laughs> Oh, okay. I'm excited. <laughs> Which is um kind of unique. So obviously this is starring I don't know why I said obviously. <laughs> Melissa <laughs> if you haven't seen it. This stars Melissa Joan Hart. And you know what? It is almost obvious because she's kind of made like a second life mm-hmm. career of making corny lifetime and Hallmark holiday Hell movies. Yeah. It's kind of her new thing. I mean she's literally done dozens of them now i think <laughs> um okay so everybody knows who she is right sabrina teenage witch heard of it? <laughs> um and then the love interest of course played by jason Priestley, um famous for 90210 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. her dad played by ed begley jr who <laughs> did you know this he has 329 acting credits on imdb no, what the fuck no that is like fucked that man up. wow good job good job bud putting in work okay <laughs> although he was absolutely clocking in and clocking out for this one um, <laughs> literally i was watching i'm like damn someone's like feeding him lines scene by scene this guy does not give a shit <laughs> um i know him best from veronica mars he's also on arrested development and you know what he was on an ep of sabrina the teenage witch as well so they oh, have nice. a connection there and in fact I think most of the cast has a connection to Melissa Joan Hart specifically. Robin Givens, 
who plays her boss, is in Riverdale mm-hmm. currently. They also, her and Melissa Joan Hart, also previously worked together on a movie called God's Not Dead Oh, too. God. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and then Faith Prince, who plays Melissa Joan Hart's mom in this, was on Melissa and Joey, the show, with Joey Lawrence and Melissa Joan Hart. So they all kind of have a little connection This movie was produced by Melissa Joan Hart and her mom, Paula Hart. They co-produced this with their company, Heartbreak Films. Oh, God. Okay. Heart imagery comes in the Mm -hmm. film a lot as well. And then one last note on the crew of this movie. (laughs) This was written by a screenwriting duo who also wrote two other Christmas movies that star Melissa Joan Hart. A Very Nutty Christmas and Christmas Reservations. Um, And they are both screenwriting professors at Syracuse University and uh, SUNY Oswego in New York. So I think knowing that they are screenwriting professors is interesting once we start breaking down the movie. (laughs) They know those conventions, right? They just plug and play. Wow. Okay, and then for critic scores, there are none. I don't understand. This is not on Rotten Tomatoes or Metacritic or literally anything. So there are no critic scores to even say. It's not even up for like Google review from Google users. Is that usual for Christmas films? I'm not actually sure. Is that like a thing where people just avoid these Christmas rom-coms? I don't know because I haven't done a Christmas film for the pod, but I will say I've never come across a movie that wasn't up for some sort of critic score. (laughs) There's actually not even an actual trailer for this. There's just a lifetime promo. So let's watch the promo and then we can get into it. Dear Christmas, this is Natalie Morgan. I'll be live streaming from my childhood home. November 27th. What's the new special episode going to be about? True love at Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, hello. Keep running into this guy I went to middle school with. I'll see you tomorrow. You sound pretty sure of that. Pretty sure. Melissa Joan Hart, Jason Priestley, and Ed Begley Jr. This is the best Christmas ever. Dear Christmas premieres Friday, November 27th. All right, so this is a movie about a podcaster. <laughs> Podcasting, we acknowledge, is cringe. But <laughs> um, what's more cringe, watching a movie about a podcaster or listening to two podcasters talk about a movie about a podcaster. It's becoming so meta. It's becoming so extremely, <laughs> like, how many reflections in the mirror are we going to be? It's an Inception moment, for sure. I had to bring in the pros for this one, a fellow podcaster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Only we know. This, yeah, the this incredibly authentic experience of podcasting that this movie provides, yes. So authentic. Oh, my God. So... We have to talk about her podcast. (laughs) Um, Her podcast, it's called Holiday Love. She's doing a series. She does a series, apparently, for each (laughs) holiday of the year. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's like the most like, I literally want to jump off a cliff. Like, I can't. (laughs) Can you imagine? Kind of destroying the wall between what is true love and what is normal yes, that's love. literally that's literally a delineation in the film by the way that she she uh painstakingly explains to someone who asks her yeah and so not only is that the 
premise of her podcast and, you know, unfortunate titles. <laughs> but this podcast is the number one podcast in America. <laughs> I was hoping you would touch podcast on that. Podcast of the year. Yes. <laughs> she has custom headphones with her logo <laughs> printed on the sides of them. I mean, you don't. Okay. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I actually should because I used to work for a place that did that. <laughs> God. Why There's did I not no do that, dummy? Hello? <laughs> Literally idiot. <laughs> the whole scenario of this, it's so fucking crazy. Oh, and then so she's she's doing her little podcast or whatever. And who walks in but her boss? Not only is it her boss, but it's her boss dressed head to toe as a goddamn elf. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very Christmas. And everything in this podcast studio seems to be like Christmas trees and let let's go sit in a sleigh and wrap presents right now at work. Like, what is happening here? That's my one of my favorite conventions of these is that in every Christmas rom com, every place that's visited is like so aggressively Christmas. Like you'll go to like I've seen ones where like they go to a convenience store and Christmas is like everything's garlands. Like you can't even get fucking products. It's just like everywhere all of the labels are conveniently hidden by yes oh my god that's yes oh my god heaven forbid yes that's actually kind of funny (laughs) yes so the the workplace yes this workplace is very uh christmas friendly but i guess fuck every other holidays that would happen in december yes only christmas (laughs) only christmas also i gotta say and you hate to say but you think melissa joan hart had some uh fillers going on you know what we yeah we do have to talk about it it's the elephant in the room and it's the elephant in the room there was a lot okay my favorite part though is that yeah i mean you know people have people can do whatever they want it's just sometimes it, it, you're like oh wow something happened someone didn't do it right and this unfortunately yeah. seemed to have happened you're like something has gone wrong <laughs> something uh-huh. has gone horribly right but um <laughs> you, you know we do see like a weird cardboard cutout of her later on in the film and hilariously mm-hmm. it's like a like melissa joan hart of like a decade ago probably uh-huh. <laughs> so is i think her instagram profile picture okay, okay. Like 15 years so, ago <laughs> so she probably on some level acknowledges then that this is not yeah. uh, yes it's unfortunate poor little fella bless her heart yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean it's weird too and you hate to scrutinize women aging right. in Hollywood. No. Okay, we, I have to acknowledge that you hate to do it. But you know what I was thinking? Because I've been watching Melissa Joan Hart for, I think, literally my entire life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, because Clarissa Explains It All was one of my favorite mm-hmm. shows as a as a young child. And, you know, then Sabrina, etc., on and on. It's weird to watch someone who's almost your age or that you've kind of grown up with start to age. yeah. That is weird. I thought it's it's upsetting because yeah, you're seeing it. You're like, this is I guess me now. This is me now. Reflecting on myself <laughs> and yeah, yeah. It's just interesting. <laughs> a little a little panic sets in. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I always kind of I think I kind of looked up to her when we were younger because she was always just kind of quirky and yeah. goofy and like not a lot of especially women. And especially in the times when we were like younger or growing up or coming of age, we're allowed to have that space, you know? Yeah, she was definitely like iconic. I mean, I remember watching Clarissa Explains It All and I don't know. She just has that vibe. She still actually has, I mean, 
this movie is god awful, but she still has that vibe. And it's actually kind of a fun little return. You're like, oh, Melissa Joan Hart. She's still in there. She's absolutely yes, still in there. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but just as a quirky, goofy little kid who, um, yeah, I don't know, was it just a strange one too? It was. It was nice to have that person also represented on screen for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally. And you know what? I rewatched through all of Sabrina like a year ago, mm-hmm. and it holds up. Sometimes hilarious as hell how kind of actually it doesn't hold up, but <laughs> <laughs> or it's just so specifically like of its era, yes, you know, yes. at certain times. I need to but rewatch. Man, I have not. So now the shit keeps me giggling. <laughs> <laughs> what a great show. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Melissa Joan Hart, I think King. I was kind of worried. You know what? Uh, let's be honest. We're just going <laughs> to get it all <laughs> absolutely out there. Break down Melissa Joan Hart's life <laughs> and what we think of it. Um, <laughs> I was kind of worried that maybe she was um, like super Republican for a while. And that was <laughs> that thought was. Um, absolutely 100% placed on or based on what she named her children. <laughs> oh, God. Wait, what did she name her children? Oh, no. Her kids' names are Tucker, Mason, and Brayden. Woo. That's rough. And as a blonde woman with three children named Tucker, Mason, and Brayden, do you not get Republican vibes just from those two facts? I mean, 100%. I 100% do. Yes. But I just watched some of her Instagram, and uh, I don't know. She might be all right. I don't know. She was giving me not Republican vibes. I get very, like, um, <laughs> again, you're, this might not necessitate, like, one thing doesn't necessitate the other, but I also get very, like, Christian vibes, which... Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And I and that could be related, yeah. That could be related, and sometimes that's mm-hmm. a thing that I don't love to see, but all, I mean... That's another thing, though, is a lot of these Christmas rom-coms are very family-friendly, and a lot of people are very... Some of them are outright Christian, um, Mm -hmm. and a lot of them are loved Some of them are alt-right Christian. Yeah, oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Ah! Alt-right Christian rom-com. Oh, no. (laughs) Write that script. (laughs) Wow, I'm afraid. I have fear now. I know, I'm tense. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> all right. Let's get back on track all right, here. All right. It was my fault that we were off track, by the way. <laughs> we wanted to do a little deep dive into Melissa Joan We had Hart. to. We had to pop off. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So where were we? So her elf boss <laughs> helps her wrap Christmas presents in the office. But okay. So quote unquote helps. But she just sits there and says, what's this? Who's this for? Yes. Okay. Next thing. What's this? Who's this for? <laughs> Exposition. <laughs> like, doesn't actually do any wrapping at all. But yeah. <laughs> Get some exposition. Okay, so that was her last day in the office before she goes to her parents for the holidays. And you know what's one thing? I just thought of this right now, but one thing that almost always happens in Christmas movies that I've seen, um, and probably you can confirm, is that they go to wherever they're going, their family, you know, usually, Mm -hmm. for like an indeterminate amount of time. (laughs) Like you can never tell how long they're there, but it could be like a month. It could be like... (laughs) several weeks like we're not really sure (laughs) honestly but it seems like a lot of time (laughs) i didn't even think about that but yeah they just kind of take time off and like they're not 
I mean, they, it's funny because, like, work usually plays heavily into, like, some of these plots. So it's like, how are mm-hmm. you able to take time off from, yeah. you're, like, a high-powered career exec or whatever. So, like, why are you taking time off? Yeah, totally. She just does it. I mean, I guess she's a podcaster. She can do it anywhere. She doesn't have to do it from her <laughs> fancy office that we all have as podcasters. <laughs> but here's another thing. She has to, like, Ugh. produce an ep the next day. She has the number one podcast in America and she self-produces? I don't know. I mean, well, and she also, she's going to live stream. She says that she's going to live stream from her childhood home, she calls it. Mm-hmm. You know how mad I would be as her family that she would, like, bring that shit into the house? I'd be like, you need to keep that oh my God. holiday love bullshit away from us. If there's one thing a family respects, it's a podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> There's one job your family thinks is real. <laughs> her, fa- her her family, who are, uh, by the way, her parents are both investment <laughs> bankers. So uh, we know why she was able to fuck off and have the world's number one podcast or whatever. Oh, my God. At some point in the movie, she goes, I didn't grow up rich or anything. Okay. But then you see her fucking house is a goddamn castle. It's a literal <laughs> castle. Her parents are investment bankers that have... That have bought a bookstore on a whim and are just casually running it. The kitchen is like the size of like my old apartment, you know, like, come on, what are we doing? It is hilarious. (laughs) Okay, so she's on her way to her parents when she blows a tire. This is important. And she keeps calling, her sister seems to be calling like every 30 seconds, even though it's like a 25 hour drive. Yeah. Um, <laughs> saying, where are you? Where are you? I don't know why she's driving in the first place. She's rich. She could have flown. Mm-hmm. But she blows a tire uh, when she's very close, I guess. And everyone that's calling her, her elf boss, everybody has been like, so are you dating? Are you going to date? Uh, do you? should you should be dating like why aren't you dating i don't really understand what you're doing if you're not dating her boss calls it she asks if she has a hometown honey <laughs> <laughs> okay goals <laughs> so when she blows this tire and she has to call like the triple a guy or whatever um or roadside assistance i guess non-branded <laughs> yes the brand was covered no. with attention yeah. um, <laughs> when he gets there and he opens his pickup truck door you get like um i always think of the corella deville song music but like that burner (laughs) you know like (laughs) like one leg one leg with his like straight leg jeans and a boot like coming out of the door and it's like slow motion right (laughs) okay uh yes (laughs) you know (laughs) Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> to see like you know a pretty normal looking like 50 year old man get out of the car to that music in okay. slow motion was so <laughs> stupid okay that's the thing is this one <laughs> no disrespect to this man who as i understand it was like a total hunk back in the day or whatever um he was if you look him up and you know what people women his age probably still think he's a I, hunk but we're much I younger guess. so we're allowed to say he's, old. he's yeah, mm-hmm. but okay, some people age differently. This man, if you mm-hmm. look at a side-by-side of, like, <laughs> eyebrows for days, looking hot um, in his 20s, and then now, you don't, you would not ever have mistaken them for the same human. Like, it is shocking. No. You know what? I didn't even, I was like, I got a vague, like, ghost of, like, does that guy look kind of familiar? <laughs> nope. Not, not familiar to me at all. And then I looked up who it was, and I was like, what the fuck? You know? <laughs> 
I did not realize that it was Jason Priestley yes. this whole time. <laughs> yeah, he looks like a man like wearing flannels and throwing axes in the woods or something. He does not look like, you know, 90210. No. Hunk. So that's, I mean, and that's unusual because a lot of times the movies have a lead that is, even if they're older, they're kind of like, they look conventionally attractive, but like something went wrong in the factory. So like everything's kind of there. It's just not, <laughs> it doesn't sit right. You know, <laughs> this is so mean. This is, I'm being so mean, but no, I love it. It's hilarious. But the thing is that it's, you know, that's what it is. I don't know what else to say, but this guy doesn't even look like that. That's the thing. It just kind of looks like a little, a schlubby man, you know? <laughs> Yeah, he just looks so, I don't know. Yeah. Normal. <laughs> yeah, just normal. That's the thing. I don't want to like disparage. The guy looks normal. Like I'm I'm not like a superstar, you no, know. No, he looks normal, but that for like being in a movie. Yes, that's yes exactly. Weird. And not only for being in a movie, but also being like Cruella DeVille music playing <laughs> when you're getting out of the truck, like <laughs> you expect a yes, little bit more. Yes. You know? <laughs> I mean, yes. Are you insinuating just like any old guy could date <laughs> Melissa Joan Hart? Okay, she's right, a king. Right, excuse you, back <laughs> up. Mm-hmm. We protect her. Okay, okay. Um, okay, so that was hilarious. <laughs> also funny is that his truck is decked out in Christmas lights. They have Christmas lighted. I thought the budget for Christmas lights Never on ending, this movie. just... I mean, <laughs> the budget for the movie is what twenty five million dollars. Okay, twenty four million of that went to Christmas. I, I bet they just take them down after every scene, and they just restring them up in the new fucking set. They're like, "All right, bring out the Christmas Maybe light." So. Or are they like, "Oh yeah, we got to get the um, Christmas light truck out of storage. It's like already ready." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're just a, a warehouse full of stuff covered <laughs> in Christmas lights already that you can pull from yes. when you want. <laughs> yeah. That's probably true. <laughs> but I did think it was funny that he decked out his truck. Also, he brought hot chocolate that she did not watch him make, and she goes in the car and drinks. Okay, and the way he says it, it sounds like he's speaking to a toddler. He says, why don't you wait in the truck and get some hot cocoa? Like, she's like a three-year-old. Yeah. <sighs> He this is man scary. is scary, okay, by the you way. Could, every good Christmas rom-com, you could recut as a horror film. 100%. And this one definitely fits in that. 100%. This man is scary. Not only does he look normal, and that's off-putting, but he brought a strange liquid uh, and forces her to drink it, basically. And makes her wait in his truck. On He probably set something to make her tire pop, obviously. Yeah. And then when they're leaving, he says, I forget what her name is, but it's like, Goodbye, Rachel Madison. I'll see you tomorrow. (laughs) And she goes, okay, first, number one, how do you know my name? (laughs) Secondly, you'll see me tomorrow. That's kind of, she doesn't say it's ominous, but like it's it's kind of ominous, right? She just makes it cute. Like, oh, (laughs) you sound pretty sure about that. She's enamored with her tow truck driver. (laughs) But like, it seems more like she's being flirty just because she feels like she's supposed to flirt. Rather than that she actually, like, has any attraction towards this man. I don't, well, right? I, I mean... Because of how bad everyone's roasting her for not having a boyfriend, she's like, oh, <laughs> one boy around me? I better Okay, I like, I like this read. I mean, because honestly, there is zero chemistry, but there's always zero chemistry with these. But she, I mean, like, she's just then, she's obsessed. Like, she has, like, in the next scene when she talks to her sister about him, and she's like, spill all the details about your mm-hmm. fucking tow truck driver. 
what are we doing? This is psychotic. <laughs> like we're, but maybe you're right. Maybe mm-hmm. she's in this this dark world where she only matters with with a, with a man, and so she's like yeah. literally just living this narrative where the tow truck driver is a man and therefore she must be in love with him. And I think so. I mean, because later once she gets to her home too and she starts reading through her diaries, all of her diaries, the (laughs) only thing that is in them, the only, there are no other words besides like a guy's name with a heart around it. Turn the page, same guy's name with an X through it. (laughs) Oh, guess I didn't like that guy. This movie is like, middle finger to the Bechdel test like it's just it there is no possible way that any scene or any moment is without needing a man yes yes (laughs) it's like you didn't have any other thought or like something going on or nothing through she pulls out like they're all guys they're just guys years and years a guy's name with the heart next page guy's name x'd out next page guy's name with the heart and it's like what in the hell her whole personality revolves around just like Mm -hmm. liking a boy or not liking and that's why we have holiday love her number one podcast (laughs) which is all about trying desperately to fall in love real love with uh, a boy (laughs) also around the holidays which like i don't know i feel like that's probably the worst time to fall in love with someone i'm like take a break during the holidays they're busy they have family then like christmas is weird yeah yeah even if you start dating like right before the holidays to where like you have a little bit built up at the holidays then it's like okay we've been dating for like a month is that like do i bring you to thanksgiving then that's honestly worse seems like not enough you know yeah so it's like you take a break from you know september to january or so yeah exactly (laughs) but not 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 this not in this movie it's always around the holidays Staying at your mom's house, too, you're literally horny, gross. (laughs) Um, (laughs) How do you have time to even think about, you know, they spend a lot of, we'll get to it. (laughs) I'm so ready to just absolutely pop off about everything in this movie. I'm trying to say it's hard to focus, honestly, with movies like it is hard to focus because I just want to pop from one (laughs) to the next. I have so many pop offs. Um, So when she's at home, too, we do meet her. her pregnant sister, who, of course, has a baby due on Christmas Eve. Absolutely. <laughs> Christmas that's, baby. So that's literally, we've kind of hit, like, two deadlines by Christmas. Because she has to have her podcast out, but then the baby's kind of a deadline, too. So. Mm-hmm. Her sister also culturally appropriating a queer haircut. So. 100%. <laughs> um honestly very rude rude. and she's like kind of hot so yeah also rude yeah (laughs) double Mm -hmm. rude (laughs) um for her to have a straight husband Mm -hmm. um disgusting Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) okay get this girl where she belongs (laughs) um ed begley jr we kind of mentioned but i think it's so funny when (laughs) every time he appears in the movie this man not only is he a legend. I mean, like I said, 300 whatever credits on IMDb. He's a comedian. Like, he's very mm-hmm. funny. He has a great personality. He has a lot to offer <laughs> to an acting role. And he kind of <laughs> comes off as just like uh, an Alzheimer's patient sort of like wandering around <laughs> this house, like picking Truly. up something and putting it down or just like, it's like, dad, do you need help getting to the couch kind of vibes? You Somehow know? he manages a bookstore, but yeah, no, it's, it's troubling. It is insane. The vibe he brings to this movie. I'm like, who is this? Like, 
does he literally have dementia and is still trying to work or like what is happening here because something has gone wrong it's just yeah like what is your motivation for making this movie sir like yeah the paycheck can't be that high i don't know i don't understand he's like i don't know how old he is but like he's old enough that like just rest you You know like lay down or something you know i mean you don't have to do that he seems like he's being forced (laughs) to do this he's being held at gunpoint you literally don't have to (laughs) yes like do something you enjoy instead maybe he's like really good friends with melissa joan hart or something and he's like hey as a personal favor i will do this for you but i will not (sighs) give a shit about it the entire time Okay, so when she's at her parents' house, too, wakes up in the morning, and who is peeping Tom right into her bedroom window? So, it is so creepy. It's so disturbing. <laughs> the same man who the day before she had just met and knew her first and last name and said, I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, that's the guy. That's, him. that's it. <laughs> Straight up peeping Tom into her window, allegedly hanging lights for her parents, because that's uh, what we come to find out is um, he has many jobs. Yeah. In fact, becomes like a almost annoying bit throughout the movie <laughs> <laughs> because of the extent of how many jobs he has. Um, and kind of psychotic. Like, is he a stalker? I don't know. He's He seems to be like, like he's a clone. Like, he's a fucking clone or something. Like, there's like 10 of him. Like, dude. Think of how sick of a twist that could have been. It's a hive mind. If he was a clone. They share, they share a hive mind. Oh, my God. And so it's technically one guy, but she realizes there's 10 of him at the end. He's Borg. That would be insane. That would be so sick. <laughs> I'm actually in we love with that twist. That. Yep. <laughs> and so before I reveal what his name is. Oh, God. Yes. What I'd like to reveal is what his name was going to be. Initially in the script, his name was Jack. Because he's a jack of all oh, trades. Okay. So, all right. So his name was still relevant to his personality and his character. But what his name actually is. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I wish there was a drum yes. roll here. Chris Massey. <laughs> Chris Massey. <laughs> the love interest in a Christmas film <laughs> name is Chris Massey. They went there. It's very brave of them, honestly, if you think about it. <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> Chris Massey. Chris Massey. So that's fucked up and stupid. And I I gotta say, I don't know if you remember, but earlier I mentioned that the people who wrote the script for this film <laughs> Professors teach people how to write like this. Professors, yeah. <laughs> Name of I don't know, Chris Massey. It's about Christmas, get it? <laughs> what are names we can think that are related to christmas i hope they teach this film i hope they just teach their own work you know once we get through it i really do think that a lot of this film seems more like an outline than like an actual movie yes <laughs> like an actual developed script it seems like an outline of plot points yeah you know that's pretty accurate for this whole mm-hmm. this whole genre i would say yes Yes. <laughs> I could I got to cash in on this. I bet I could do yeah. this. Um, <laughs> oh, and also another Ed Begley appearance. He comes in just to announce that they got Christmas donuts from and he's mentioned specifically from Glazed and Confused <laughs> and then pauses for laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> oh. I just thought 
thought that was funny. I wonder if he contributed that line. I wonder if he did because he really did. He really did like oversell it and then give a little pause for laughs. <laughs> <laughs> and also, what we find out in this time is that Chris Massey and uh, Melissa Joan Hart went to eighth grade together. Melissa Joan Hart's character, whatever you know what I mean. They were in eighth grade together. So um, in real life, they are seven years apart. Priestley being older, fifty-two, and uh, Melissa Joan Hart's forty-five. So I wonder how she felt about that, knowing that she's already um, obviously having a little bit of issues with aging. Yes, I wonder how she felt about that. Yes, that's true. Because I was like, he looks a lot older than her. He does. There's no way they were in eighth grade <laughs> together. And then you know what? The fact that he does look a lot older than her, and you think there's no way they were in eighth grade together, adds to like that creepiness of him. You know, like he's lying he's about it this. Up. Yeah, <laughs> is what you want to well, say? Because she doesn't remember it. She doesn't remember him being in eighth grade, no. and so yeah, it's like he's trying yeah. to gaslight her into fucking mm-hmm. into believing it. Like you don't remember me? <laughs> um, hello, we were in eighth grade together. They're in their fifth. You know? Yes. <laughs> Who even? Wow, sinister. I don't know. It is sinister. And only eighth grade? That seems strange, too. Yeah, what happened? Like, you had to go to prison after that because you're a murderer? Like, what happened? (laughs) I feel like most people have, like, you know, at least, like, a middle school experience together, like six, seven, and eight. Yeah. Or, you know, you carry on through high school, even. Um, But just one single year, you had one class together? At least two, yeah, at least two grades, like, And also, he stayed in the town. It's not like he moved away. She stayed in the town. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it is odd that they suddenly were not schoolmates anymore. Hmm. Yeah. And you know what else? It's like he has this thing like, oh, everyone in the neighborhood knows me because I always hang up everyone's Christmas lights. And yet, this is the first time you're doing this to her parents? Yeah, that's... This this guy is... He's not above board. Not at all. You know what? He's scary. He is scary. I'll say it. <laughs> he, he becomes even scarier. I mean, all the shit... Yeah, he's, it's sinister. It's a very sinister... <laughs> he's everywhere. He's... Yeah. I also noted that the pacing of this movie, especially at the beginning, feels a little insane. Or like the editing, maybe. I don't know. But they like kind of hold on certain things for like a little too long. <laughs> and you're like, what? Are we moving on? Yes. Or like, what's happening here? Something was There's off. like awkward pauses. Okay. I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. And and this is, yes. Like there's a part where they're, they're talking outside of her parents' house and they're staring at uh-huh. each other and smiling. And it, like, holds on it for too long. Like, it should have cut. For too like, long. Something is weird. Yeah. yeah. Something happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, just a, you know, stellar filmmaking all around. Yeah. <laughs> there maybe also was, like, an Uncanny Valley thing going on. I don't know if un- un- Uncanny Valley is probably the wrong word. But everything outside seemed fake. Like, it seemed like it was all indoor sets. Hmm. But I'm also pretty sure it wasn't. But there was, like... <laughs> There was almost no weather noted. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no nothing on the ground, but there's also no, like, wind or anything like that. <laughs> Doesn't even seem chilly, even though it's, like, you know, is Christmas, yeah. winter. They're all wearing coats, but they don't seem, like, cold at all. That's true. And what's interesting is that this was filmed in the summer uh, at Lake Tahoe in Nevada. So I don't know where it's supposed to take place. I don't know if they ever say no, but, it's um, it's in Lake Tahoe. That's yeah. They, I remember I remember that because I was dying because the parents were so happy that they got like Jimmy Fallon to a book signing, and I'm like Jimmy Fallon's at a book signing in Lake Tahoe. 
I mean, maybe, but it seems <laughs> wild to me. So, yeah, Lake Tahoe. I don't know, but then isn't that like the desert? Well, in the summer, it would not have <laughs> snow. So, yeah, it's absolutely got to be a set, right? I, I don't know. That's the why the whole thing is strange. <laughs> it doesn't add up. Yeah. Doesn't add up somewhere is what we're mm-hmm. getting to. <laughs> so next thing I got to note. So when earlier when her car was towed, she was talking to a like heart-shaped Christmas ornament in a window. Uh, as <laughs> Melissa Joan Hart does. Um, and when she goes to her parents' bookstore, they have the same heart Christmas ornament <laughs> that she saw earlier. And she tells her dad, like, oh, I'm seeing this Christmas ornament everywhere. And he goes, oh, yeah, they're, they're everywhere this year. They're meant to honor <laughs> all the healthcare workers and first responders. A shocking oblique reference to the pandemic. The only one we to have. COVID. The only one we have of the in the film. Although I said, wait, 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 wait. Does this movie take yes. place in in a universe with COVID and? Not a, nobody's wearing a mask. What are they all anti-maskers? Okay, no one's no one's wearing a mask, and also they, they keep having parties. <laughs> they keep having parties. So the very first scene, right, was at an office party. Yeah. But as we will see throughout this film, there's three parties. There's three parties, and they never show mm-hmm. the party because they only have like two people in any given scene because of the pandemic, and so it's very awkward because. This was filmed in the summer of 2020, right after, like, COVID was announced. You know, peak COVID, peak lockdown, the summer of 2020, was when this movie was filmed. And actually, Melissa Joan Hart filmed three Christmas movies over that summer. Oh, my God. But... This was actually initially written over like January and February of 2020, right before lockdown. And so when they decided they were going to produce this movie, they had to do rewrites of the script. And so they did cut out um, a sing-along in a bar that was planned. Um, An ugly sweater 5K had to be removed. And they had to like basically redo the script to make it COVID, I don't know, COVID shootable, I guess. So it's narrowed down to only seven speaking roles in the film. And then you notice throughout the movie, she's always showing up either right before a party, right after a party, or she's somewhere where you can hear a party in the other room, but you don't see the people all the time. It seems weird that that's the plan, that that's what they decided. And then they still mention the fucking pandemic. Like, what are they doing? They mention it. That was fucking crazy. Mentioning it. Because then you got to, like, reinterpret everything that's happening. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Why? Why would we do this? Okay. I don't know. You could have not mentioned it and then nobody would ever think about it. (laughs) Yeah. But they were like, oh, we want to honor. We wanted to honor, you know, all the people who were working so hard at the time. Okay. Which was also so weird because, like, first responders and, like, healthcare workers have nothing to do with this movie. Like, it's not... It's not like about a nurse or something. Like what? Are we no, doing? they don't introduce any other reason no. why you would be like specifically honoring those no. people. Uh, wow, it so like crazy. whiplash. This movie just there's so much whiplash if you just pay attention. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> and mom and dad several times say like, oh, we've been so busy with the bookstore. The bookstore is so busy all the time. We haven't even had time to get a Christmas tree. 
uh, or anything like that, even though we're having like all kinds of things happening at our house for Christmas. We haven't had time to do anything for Christmas because of how busy our bookstore is. Meanwhile, she walks in the bookstore. Ain't a soul in sight. It's dead as hell mm-hmm. in there. <laughs> so what's going on there? No one is anywhere. She goes to a coffee shop. No one's there. Like, (laughs) and all the extras throughout the whole film are crew members that they oh shit okay. (laughs) So when the few times that there are like other people, they're crew members. (laughs) Wow. Okay. I mean, hey, that's you know just interesting. Okay, so we do get a little bit of her and Chris Massey chatting. I think another thing that she goes to where people aren't there yet is like she goes to deliver a gift basket to a store like next door and oh yeah not only is no nobody in there she just kind of plops down and gets on her laptop okay (laughs) so i thought it was that's so funny because i've seen this movie twice now and i just thought she was sitting at a coffee shop but okay that makes sense because i was like why does she have the gift basket with her book in it okay she was going to deliver it for her parents wow miss that but nobody's there totally empty dead inside and she's just like this is a great time to sit down with my laptop and do stuff in some building that nobody's in (laughs) weirdly um (laughs) but who is there is chris massey himself again um was about to play a gig because it turns out he's also a rocker Mm -hmm. and he was quote-unquote sound checking but he's literally acoustic acoustic. and it's like this hipster rendition of like i think deck the halls right oh and you know what not only are we both podcasters but we are both also acoustic musicians so so we actually know a thing or two we actually know about this (laughs) the true experts to comment on this exact film yeah honestly Mm -hmm. so yeah that was all stupid Also, you know what? One of the things she does when she sits down is she had asked people to send in like their true love stories for her podcast. This chick, first of all, has the ringtones on. But secondly, she has the number one podcast in America, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. best podcast of the year, quote unquote, quote unquote. And you're telling me over like four days, she only gets three (laughs) emails about people's true love stories. And every time she gets one, she's like, I have to stop everything I'm doing right now, put everything down, open my iPad with like the attachable keyboard. (laughs) And okay, the love stories are are (laughs) grueling. The love stories are such a painful slog. And we have to watch them. As they often yes, are. and we have to watch them. Um, (laughs) Although I will say that the, the third, the final one, the one with like the soldier, which is also another like weird such a trope in christmas rom-coms um mm-hmm. the the woman in that is the star of another christmas rom-com called naughty or nice <laughs> from 2012 so incredible i yeah. love that yeah she does a great job by the way she is very um it's 10 out of 10 do i recommend <laughs> that one <laughs> hell yeah so I just thought all of that was kind of funny and ridiculous, too. <laughs> that entire everything that uh, it happens in that sentence. That <laughs> um, so when she starts talk- talking to Massey, they chat about their kind of lives, their history, etc. But really, the only thing they get to is that they've both like traveled the globe, basically, for their <laughs> entire life. Nice. He's ex-military. Okay. Also, you know, Christian Republican yep. vibes. And 
they've been in all the same places like at the same time over the decades it's, it's very like creepy. oh when were you in the netherlands oh 98 oh me too i was also in the netherlands in 98 <laughs> oh when were you in japan uh 2001 i don't know whatever it is oh i was also in japan in 2001 they even name like a cruise yes. or something that they <laughs> did and like, i was also on that cruise like what the hell this is starting to get really fucking weird because he's already everywhere you are in this town and now he's saying not only is he everywhere you are in this town in this time but he's been everywhere you are everywhere. for your entire life everywhere around the fucking globe yeah since eighth grade, since eighth grade i mean <laughs> who knows what happened after that i guess he just like i don't know like slept outside of her window every night or something no but what the hell this man is scary <laughs> scary yes well and we get the whole backstory of her getting she wrote for a magazine or something and then she started like mm-hmm. a blog she like got broken up with i don't know it's, it's it's too it's too much but she's like <laughs> she he makes a comment about it because she said something about like tips on how to be single at christmas or something and and he was like oh and she goes yeah it made some noise i'm like no it fucking didn't like <laughs> no it didn't no. neither did christmas love is that what it's called like a holiday love <laughs> neither did holiday love like <laughs> would anyone in the world ever want to read like a breakup blog or oh god like no no the way she talks about it is so corny, too. It's like literally how you talk about love when you're like five <laughs> years old. <laughs> um, yeah, true love is so you hard know to wrap. true love when it takes um, a long time. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's like a whole, that's like the central conflict or whatever, right? That comes up yes. later. We'll get to that. <laughs> okay, so also they go to a random pine forest to just literally chop down a tree for Christmas, um, which is... Crazy. It's crazy that doesn't happen no, there's right? no like way people there there are specifically like pine tree farms you or could not go, you to go to a, a forest that would be a, like a state trooper would come and find you there's it's illegal wrong. right to just be chopping down random trees in the forest yeah no and in in this scene also i thought this was hilarious so his name is chris massey we've discussed he gives like the entire etymological breakdown of his name and like how people came to call him Mr. Christmas. Like, you couldn't just... Yes. <laughs> Chris Massey, that's obviously that's Christmas. That's obviously Christmas. But he's like, well, my first name is Christopher. It's my grandfather's <laughs> name. Massey is a Scottish name. And, you know, Christopher became Chris. Massey became Mass. And everybody started calling me Christmas. It was crazy. <laughs> you know, I'm like, fully gives this full <laughs> breakdown. Like... What? (laughs) She tries to respond by explaining her name, which is even more psychotic in my mind. Um, And she says something, and I wish I had written it down because she says something that doesn't make any sense to me. And maybe I'm just an idiot. Um, But she's her name's Natalie in the movie. And so she's like, well, you know, um, obviously my first name comes because my parents were a little too obsessed with Christmas. Like she says something like that. Dude. Yeah. I remember that line. Now you say that. (laughs) What does that mean? Yeah. What the fuck? what is she talking is, about? Is Natalie a Christmas name? What is that? She's like, well, as you know, I'm a Christmas bitch because my name's Natalie. Like, what are we talking about here? <laughs> Natalie's sound off. Okay, send me an email. Give me a tweet. I need to know what's the deal with Natalie's and okay, Christmas. Okay, wait. I Googled it. I know. I figured it out. But no one knows oh this. God. This is not common knowledge. I cannot. It means the. It means birthday of the Lord. 
I guess. What? Yeah, it's Latin. <laughs> that is a deep cut ass <laughs> reference to be just thrown okay, in here. Okay, screenplay like, writers, apparently professors. Hmm. Theologians. We all know Latin, I guess. Uh, shout out to the Natalies. That's all I have to say. Oh my gosh, what the hell? I didn't even think about that, but you're super right that, like, what the fuck? She just says it like, oh yeah, (laughs) my parents on Christmas, you know. (laughs) Anyway, my last name is Davis or whatever. (laughs) I don't remember, but. (laughs) It's something like that, yeah. (laughs) It's just like a plain, like, you know, a normal name. (laughs) Not Christmas Not at all. (laughs) Except for Natalie, which obviously. (laughs) Obviously. So they cut down this tree from the fucking woods that looks like it's about uh, 32 feet tall. But when they get it back home, it's just a classic like six foot tree. Totally normal. (laughs) And also, if you notice, when they're unloading the tree from the truck and taking it in the house, there are four Christmas trees fully decked out (laughs) on their front porch. On their front porch, there are four. I have a picture evidence I'll post with the episode. (laughs) Four Christmas trees fully decked out on the front porch already. They can't get enough. They can't. I remember, okay, the whole reason they went, she's like, I told my parents I would cut them down a Christmas tree. Wouldn't uh-huh. that be an activity you just- want to do with your family also? <laughs> How did she expect? Initially was just kind of walking into the woods with an axe, like hoping for the best. I, too. Presumably. As a single She'd woman. She'd just drag it home. She would just drag it home. <laughs> What the fuck? That's at least a two-person job, if not a several-person yes. job. Like, what? I don't know. Every bit of that's mm-hmm. insane. I think uh, the next day now, who comes over to deliver food but Chris Massey, who's also a firefighter. Yeah, what the fuck? He's a, is he a volunteer firefighter? I think he's a volunteer. I think he's volunteer. Still yeah. insane. But still, yes. This is about the sixth or seventh job we've seen him have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he comes over to deliver food, question mark, for their party, question mark. That's, I guess, happening in the other room the entire time. Yep. Because he's a volunteer firefighter. Uh, I don't know how <laughs> being a volunteer firefighter adds up to delivering food. I no don't idea. Know. But there's also <laughs> this scene. It's like the like them starting to fall in love kind of scene right but it's just a montage so you don't hear any of their dialogue because god forbid (laughs) we know like what caused them to fall in love and they're making cocktails um, which i want those but all they show of him doing is cutting limes the entire time (laughs) so it's just a long montage of him standing there cutting limes With, like, you know, music playing, and so you can't hear whatever they're saying. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, he cuts limes the whole time. He cuts, like, 400 limes. Like, why is he cutting so many limes? <laughs> it's so weird. It's, I, I, I saw that when I was watching. I was like, do you think they meant this to be a montage, or were was this, like, a scene that was, like, unusable even for this film? They're like, this is an unusable scene. Let's just make it a montage. I'm not sure. Oh, this references the Ugly Sweater 5K we had to cut out. So let's just put music over it. And call oh, it I montage. mean, honestly, I bet you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, who knows what day it is now? Maybe the next day. Um, they go Christmas shopping and um, find the shop that makes the glass hearts. Mm-hmm. And who is making the glass hearts? I mean, you can only imagine. <laughs> Who could it be? It's Chris Massey. Who could it be? Uh, there he is. It's Chris Massey in there making the hearts. 
Clone Massey as we're gonna... <laughs> Yes, Clone Massey. Clone Massey's in there making the hearts. What does he say? I only have so many jobs so I can support my art. Yeah, his art of like <laughs> only making these hearts. That's all that he makes. <laughs> only making these corny ass glass hearts. And it seems like he makes because he shows her how to make one or whatever. He makes them like solid. So like, wouldn't that be kind of heavy, solid glass for I a would tree? Think, I would think so. I mean, they're thick. They're thick hearts. They're thick, solid hearts. Also, <laughs> this is the second Christmas rom-com this year I've watched that has both astronomy references. Because in the scene before at the holiday party, they're like making s'mores and talking about the stars. And mm-hmm. um, a glass blowing montage. Wow! So Specific. shout out to the Christmas edition, which has both of those elements in it. So, anyways, that's <laughs> those are tropes. Apparently, who knew? Hell yeah! <laughs> but yeah, continues to be insane how many things he does. And they plan on going on their first like official date to some like firefighters ball or something. You know what else about Christmas movies that I see sometimes, and I'm really thinking about just one other Christmas movie when I say this, but there's always, like, it's Christmas, right? And there are, like, let's go to the governor's Christmas ball, and also our neighborhood Christmas ball, and also, like, all these, like, huge Christmas events everywhere. I don't know. That's weird to me there's lots of them no that is like that's a total trouble i feel like that happens in like so many of these like there's always yeah like a christmas ball there's like christmas extravaganza like yeah weird and not just like something where the entire town is there for some reason and also like not like something normal like a parade like i feel like it's kind of normal to have like a christmas parade Mm -hmm. this is yeah, it's something weird like a ball or some sort of, yeah, like it's always town-wide a ball. holiday mm-hmm. bash. Like, it doesn't make any... No one has those. That shit is not real, no, I right? don't think so. <laughs> or the mayor's ball, the firefighter's ball. What the hell is happening on here with all these balls? I don't know. They got too much time <laughs> on their hands. I mean, like, he's a, he's a volunteer firefighter and he's, like, making food for people. So, like, clearly they don't know anything about jobs or work or anything like that. <laughs> my dude also is like hardcore grinding those gigs you know? yeah that's true he's trying to get it <laughs> he's a gig worker I see, he, he seems to receive no payment for any of this though so that's another thing that's <laughs> curious to me but all right no wonder he's struggling <laughs> <laughs> broke yeah. as hell can't get a yeah. break <laughs> just trying to be an artist oh <laughs> Bless his heart. <laughs> so, yeah, so they schedule a date to go on to this firefighter's ball or whatever. And, of course, right when she's leaving the house for this, the sis is like, go ahead. There's no way I'm going to go into labor. My husband's two hours away. Anyway, please leave. And then, like, literally as soon as she does half a swivel away, she goes, oh, I'm in labor. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> yeah. Also, her parents, their parents are away at what? A, um, what is it again? I don't It's I a fucking, it's a Christmas ball. Um, it's basically a Christmas ball. I don't know. It's like a, oh, it was like the Chamber parents of Commerce. Christmas the Chamber of Commerce yeah. Christmas party, which sounds like the worst thing I've ever heard of in my life. Never heard of anything worse. And yeah. they're going to go. Happening concurrently with the firefighters ball. Yes. And they're like, oh, well, we were going to, ho- we hoped you could stay home with your sister. I'm like, which is it? Are you obsessed with your daughter getting a husband 
or are you going to fuck mm. off to like a Christmas ball? Like you need to figure it out, people. To like a boring ass Christmas ball too, not even a cool Yeah, you one. guys need to figure it out and pri- either prioritize your daughter getting married and give a shit about your other daughter who's very pregnant or apparently yeah. just go to the Chamber of Commerce and love money, which you obviously do. <laughs> <laughs> and so I thought this was interesting, the timeline of this night, because... When she goes into labor, she says her husband is two hours away at that time. He gets there presumably two hours later. <laughs> and Melissa Joan Hart goes all, goes over to the firefighter's ball, already fully cleaned up, fully no one left in the building. Um, everything has been, like, maid service has been through. Like, it looks pristine in there. So you're telling me in two hours the entire shit is over and done and cleaned up? Yeah. That's uh, just they make quick work of it. It's a very boring party and people hate it. So they only go for like an hour. But of course, he's standing there in the shadows. Yeah, he's fucking waiting. He's not leaving. (laughs) Ready to pop out of the shadows. He couldn't just be like sitting at a table or something. No, no, no. no. She has to walk in the room and go, Chris Massey, Chris Massey, are you here? And then <laughs> and then he pops out of the shadows and goes, hey, hey. Okay, lady, you know, like <laughs> also he, was, he got her a corsage, which is kind of creepy. That's a creepy thing to me. Um, when you're 52. Adults, yeah. That's and creepy. as grown adults, mm-hmm. don't don't get someone a mm-hmm. corsage. That's a serial killer kind of move. So please. <laughs> this isn't fucking prom. No. What the hell? <laughs> and even in prom, it's Crazy. kind of it's a weird thing. It's weird. I don't, we don't need a corsage. It's, do people do corsages? I don't know. I never got one. That's got to be like a weird like Christian father-daughter dance. That's the only thing I can think of. Yeah, maybe. Or it feels like, I don't know, it feels like 80s to me or yeah, something. Yeah, that's, yeah, I feel like it's kind of dated. It's like outdated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So this just in, corsages aren't cool. So we figured that one out. <laughs> and I think even at this point, and this is their first date, they're kind of codependent. Right? Like, they kind of can't go a moment without hanging. Yes. Even when it, like, super fucks up their day and their life and their job and everything. They're like, no, we need to hang. Yeah, we gotta hang. Um, And they... And they've just... They also use... They keep referring to this term, which, like, I guess they have no concept of what this term could mean because it doesn't mean what they think it means, but they keep referring to, like, unicorn. And I'm like, y'all, that's not, like... I mean, I know that unicorn might mean like one in a lifetime, but unicorn also has a established meaning that like, I, I feel like they just have no idea what a unicorn actually is. Especially in relationships and dating. That's exactly what I'm saying. I'm like, guys, that's yeah. not what you're talking about. But that's like all I can think about right now. Yeah. When straight people write a movie and <laughs> don't know. <laughs> I mean, how straight do you have to be to not know that, though? Like, that's the thing. Like. Guys, get it together, please. (laughs) Consult a gay before you put your scripts out. Come on. (laughs) So then her boss sends in one of these true love videos to her podcast or whatever. And mentions that she realized that true love doesn't happen fast. And all it takes is that one person saying that one line. And suddenly (laughs) Melissa Joan Hart's character is just all fucking fucked up about like thinking she has fake love with this guy which were we even thinking love before this like no no, let's be honest but (laughs) she's like our love has to be fake love because it happened so fast um there's no other explanation has to be fake love and not true love (laughs) and like can't get over this at all he comes over to their house for christmas and 
I guess, does he just tell his family to fuck off or what? Um, he, <laughs> tell. I don't know. Like, he has a family. He's working 74 jobs and hanging out with her the entire time and going to her family Christmas. And I don't know. She. We never see his family. <laughs> we get one on the phone one time and that's it. I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't give a shit. I think he just doesn't. I mean, he has like this weird tragic story about like, yeah, his brother dying. In, like, a car mm-hmm. accident or something horrible. I don't know. That's, like, another thing that always happens in these movies. There's always some, like, horrible past tragedy that's, like, glossed over in, like, one expositional dialogue piece. <laughs> that's, like, far more interesting and upsetting. And now his sister is, like, a single yes! mother raising, like, teens who have love issues. or whatever. The teens also have love issues. When- yes! <laughs> that's another thing I didn't mention. When they're in the weird pine tree forest or whatever. <laughs> And his, like, niece calls, and he's like, I'm standing right now with Natalie Jones, the podcaster. You may know her podcast, Dear Christmas. Um, (laughs) (laughs) She's the expert on love. She talks about it all the time on her podcast. It's, like, so, like, stilted. It's literally the most stilted conversation I've ever heard. But (laughs) can you imagine... Oh, my God. Imagine calling someone you know and trust to tell them, like, to vent about some love situation. And they're like, I'm standing with a podcaster. Talk to them on the phone. (laughs) What? Yeah, you may have heard of it, youth. Like, yeah, yeah. This teenager is like, oh, yes, the podcast. Oh, God. (laughs) The number one podcast in America. I'm so excited for it to talk to an adult celebrity that I've never heard of. (laughs) <laughs> is she on tiktok i don't understand um, <laughs> so so anyway he goes to their house for christmas her mom makes them take a picture together like kind of forces him to hold the baby the brand new baby that was born literally yesterday and everyone's home from the hospital and everything's good and everything. <laughs> um but that's not yeah. even there but she literally forces him to hold the baby <laughs> And then, like, makes them get in for, like, a picture together with this baby. Um, Very deeply uncomfortable. You do not ever make anyone hold, especially a newborn baby, where, like, literally their head, they don't have a neck that can support their head. Why mm-hmm. are you fucking passing a baby around? That's... And, and secondly, it's COVID. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Yes, we're honoring the first responders, but breathing on each other and like licking each other or whatever. Yeah. And like when you have like a brand new yeah. ass baby, like moms are so paranoid because they don't have immune systems yes. yet. So like even just like the most basic germ can get a newborn baby like incredibly ill. So generally you say, don't hold my brand ass new ass baby born well baby. And especially with someone who has 17 jobs like they are seeing so yeah. many people they're licking so many people and breathing on so many people so and is just sort of he's not family no. or anything he's just sort of a strange man who shows up everywhere they go <laughs> and they're like take this baby they, they're, they're too accepting too trusting it's crazy <laughs> and then so after that they go outside to like discuss what just happened with the baby And he's like, I didn't think it was weird because, you know, in movies, one thing they love to do is be like, men are like such good guys. If they think a baby is cute, that means they want a family or something. Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Isn't that like such a thing? Like as soon as a man says like a baby is cute, then women get like hearts in their (laughs) eyes and like, oh, I'm picturing our family together. Even though these people are in their 50s. Yeah, calm down. Calm down, guys. We're beyond this. You know, whatever. But anyway, she 
I think the the notion that she had that like their love couldn't be true love because it happened so quickly comes up in this conversation. And um, he mentions that uh, he actually had a crush on her since eighth grade and that it actually wasn't a quick love. He actually was pretty much implying that he expected her to move here. <laughs> um, and I th- doesn't he like have a ring with him? Oh, and shit. Everything? I think he... It's something he puts a ring like, like in the glove box when yes. he like goes to get in the truck and drive away. Has a ring with him, expects her to move here. They literally met a handful of days ago, and they haven't even hugged, kissed nope. anything yet. Mm-mm. Nothing, and they're discussing love. Yeah, they literally didn't even really go on a date. They showed up to this ball hours late after the date was supposed to even happen. They haven't gone on a single date. That doesn't even really count. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's it's concerning. Ever no everyone's con- everyone should be deeply concerned, but they're just thrilled. And he's stalking her because he shows Everywhere. up every place that she mm-hmm. is. Why is love even in the conversation at this point? You know? It was so psychotic. Mm-hmm. They have nothing in common even. What do they what do they even have in common? They don't uh, talk about anything besides what they did twenty years ago, twenty plus years what ago. What they have in common is they've been to a lot of the same places at the same time. So I don't know about you, but that's a big <laughs> sign of compatibility. Earlier. So hello. <laughs> oh, and oh, you know what it is? <laughs> he listens to her podcast. Oh, see, okay, listen, big deal. That's a big one. That's it. <laughs> that actually. <laughs> and when somebody says I listen to your podcast, I actually get really horny and fall I- in love. <laughs> is actually what happens. It's a lot likelier than <laughs> you might think, you know? Like, that's a big... If someone's a podcaster, just say you listen to their podcast, and they might get with you. It could be a thing. <laughs> that has to, be. <laughs> it has to be, because he does say that, and it's just... That's the secret. Oh, my God. He makes references <laughs> to stuff that she said on her podcast. Like, he is really listening. That's it. Yeah. That's it. That's it. She got horny and fell in love. <laughs> it happened anyways. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's true. That's true love. Oh, my God. That's, that's the difference so between funny. regular that's, love and true you know love. What? It's true love. <laughs> when, you, when you listen to someone's podcast, that's yep. true love. <laughs> when you tell them about it, that's actually truer love and um please give my podcast a rating and review <laughs> on apple podcasts <laughs> um so yeah so this is like a fight that they have and he leaves all dejected and they're having their, their first, first fight, fight. <laughs> haven't had their first date or their first kiss or anything else but they are having their that's first healthy fight. right that's healthy so, <laughs> i think that's i do think that's healthy actually so <laughs> she kind of has this idea that like the only way that I could think that our love is real is if I find my eighth grade journal yeah. and find his name inside of it in a heart. That's the only thing that's going to sell me yep. on that our love is real because then I'll know that love does take time. Which, like, odds are high because she every boy that she went to school with is probably written in that journal, so. And, like... How populated do you think her school was? We've seen the size of her house. She probably went to private uh-huh. school. It was probably like 100 kids in the whole school. And, you know, when you break that down by grades. It's, it's Lake what Tahoe is there, 20 also. to 30 people in eighth grade. Yeah, yeah. Lake Tahoe is pretty <laughs> small, right? It's like a small town. So the way she's flying through boys <laughs> in this journal, every boy's bound to be in there at some point. right? Yeah. So she previously couldn't find her eighth grade journal. But what her um, Alzheimer's having father <laughs> did was... 
wrap her own journal yeah. and give it to her as an early Christmas <laughs> Damn, present. Damn, he lucked out. That guy was like, hell yeah, I didn't get any presents for her. I have this one. <laughs> I didn't have to spend any money. <laughs> Fuck yeah. It's the thought that yep. counts. So she does obviously find his name in there with a little heart or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's not as grand a reveal as you would hope because, yeah, um, she's already been going through all these journals and it's just boys, just the boys. In fact, you could you could miss it if you weren't looking for literally two seconds. (laughs) So then she has to do her live podcast. Of course. And she uses that opportunity for okay first of all she's doing her live podcast and she's getting texts while she's doing it checking the texts <laughs> you're on a live <laughs> podcast reading your texts <laughs> um, you know why not you and know? then doing lamaze yeah, breathing fucking, this is that's the thing i'm like no this is live you can't edit this shit like people are hearing it right now her family oh what a supportive family all huddled up in the living room just listening to her live podcast of her sitting there doing lamas and reading texts <laughs> and like <laughs> on christmas she's like not doing well and they're like oh god she's not doing well like they're just it's the, the cringe <laughs> is so strong yeah so the sis goes i've got this and just texts her like he he who or whatever it is <laughs> to make her think of Lamaz breathing. And then she does it. She does so, a whole demonstration. Yeah. Just incredible. Um, and then what else she does on her podcast is reveal her undying love or profess it to this man, Chris Massey, Mr. Christmas himself. Mm-hmm. Of course he's listening because he's horny for her still, even though she broke his heart. He comes over, gives her like a fucked up looking glass unicorn with a ring on its head. <laughs> with the with he gives her a ring okay this is red flags tweet red flags tweet yeah it is she's getting a ring from this man before she gets her first kiss by the way (laughs) fucking insane what psychotic stop and doesn't what does he say? Something like, don't worry, it's not an engagement ring. It's just shows that I want to spend time with you or something like that. I forget exactly what he says, but... Even worse. Like, something like that. Like, an engagement <laughs> ring would be almost less weird at that point. I don't know. Like, if someone would give you a ring and they have to clarify, don't worry, it's not an engagement ring. It's just... No, no, no. You never give anyone a ring. The only reason you would no. is because of that. That's the only reason. Mm-hmm. Unless you've previously discussed, you know, my birthday's coming up. I like this one ring or something like that. Sure. I sure. guess. But that would be the only other. You don't randomly give someone a ring that you're dating and or hoping to date. Uh, yeah. I... There are implications. <laughs> Which he knew because he prefaces it saying, don't worry. It's not an engagement ring. And by the way, she's not worried. One she's bit. She's not worried. Doesn't have a... a- doesn't have an ounce of fear. In I think her. that was Throughout this whole I thing. I think that line was meant for us, the audience, because we're paralyzed in fear <laughs> at this point. <laughs> so we need to be reassured. After everything we've witnessed with this man, yes, yeah, I'm paralyzed with fear just thinking about it. Yeah, 
<laughs> yes. Not safe. Not a safe environment. <laughs> oh my God. Get out. Red flags. Bye bye, Hong Kong. Wee wee. Um, but after she gets to the ring, they finally do kiss, and I believe that's roll creds that's, on the kids. Uh, that's it. And I don't remember at what point she says this line, but I do have this line like written in my notes. Uh-huh. You're the only world I want to live in. That was said at yes, one point. she does <laughs> say that. I think that's in that last scene with the glass unicorn. Yeah, that was said. I don't even know why. Have we referenced like worlds and things? It was a, it was a bizarre line out of left field. So absolutely out of left field, absolutely strange thing to say. <laughs> You're the only world I want to live in. I don't know what that means what? I don't know. Yeah, what? Hold on, what? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> like at that point, I'd be like, oh shit, no, no, sorry. What I meant to say was like, oh, I can't. I that came out fucked up. Let me try again. Yeah. <laughs> I tried to say something cute. Um, it came out <laughs> fucked up. Let me try a different thing. Yeah. Oh, God. Is this another, like, obviously Natalie is related to I... Christmas thing? Like, are we missing some reference here? Or, like, what? I don't know. Is it, like... You're the only world I want to live in? That I want to live in. Not Did with. Did they talk about that? Like, I'm like, is this an astronomy no. thing? Like, they talked about astronomy for one hot second. Maybe. I don't fucking know. But even still, like, what? <laughs> I want to live in? <laughs> it's bad. No. Oh, and have to reiterate, the people who wrote this um, teach screenwriting professionally. That's it. <laughs> they know all the secrets and they teach all the secrets. Just so funny. So funny when you break it down. <sighs> okay. So we've rolled the damn creds. We made it. Um, we didn't miss anything, right? We got it all. I think we got, ev- I think we got everything. I mean, everything that I have notes on. So, yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. All right. So we got to rate this bad boy out of five. <laughs> so so what are you thinking out of five? Um. So, okay, what's our criteria? Because like for me, like this is hitting a lot of notes. It's hitting a lot of the Christmas uh-huh. rom-com notes, but it's not like sublime batshit. So I would say four out of five, but like mm-hmm. my rating is very unique to like this genre but i'm gonna say four out of five Mm -hmm. like this is a watchable one you're gonna have a lot of fun um watch it with a crowd of your loved ones and just riff the shit out of it hell yeah hell yeah okay so yeah this yeah obviously it's a fluff piece it's not like you (laughs) know this isn't like a hanneke or something (laughs) Um, yeah um so going on that scale and actually i'm really glad that we did this because we haven't done like just a goof movie in such a long time on pod and and so I'm really happy to do this but so wild card I'm also gonna go four out of five hell yeah (laughs) (laughs) wow knocking it out of the park with this one I was hooting and hollering I said Chris Massey oh my god you know it's almost like a mid-sized sedan (laughs) of the Christmas rom-com it is you know and you know I mean, there's no shortage. We've been over it of like insane things, but also just it was still kind of pleasant to watch. Yeah. (laughs) It wasn't too annoying where you're like pissed off or like angry or I get mad at these types of movies for being too um, toxically straight Mm -hmm. a lot. And, you know, this wasn't queer at all, you know, besides mentioning unicorns and pegging. But um, it didn't feel that toxic, only a little, you know, but some of them are really bad with it. Yes. So it wasn't so bad that it, you know, upset me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's good. Um... The premise alone made me laugh. And for all those reasons, I give it four stars. (laughs) Uh, 
good. I mean, how could you know? Podcast, podcast. Hello, like so topical. Hello, hello. Melissa Joan Hart. <laughs> yes. Okay. Check mark. Which, Ed Begley Jr. Right. Clocking in. I don't even care. <laughs> Fun. Yeah. <laughs> I have I have seen another Melissa Joan Hart Christmas rom com, uh, but it was she's been in so many. But I think the only other one I've seen was it's called A Very Nutty Christmas. Mm-hmm. I think that was one of the ones that the same screenwriters wrote. Oh, hell yeah. Okay, well. It is, yeah. <laughs> that's a nutcracker who comes to life for hell Christmas yeah. and they fall in love. So it's a pretty wonderful one. I love that. <laughs> hell yeah. So we both give it four out of five and recommend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Watch this for your holiday time. Mm-hmm. Now it's time for Screen Vomit. All right, so in this part of the pod, we just go off about whatever else we've been watching, movies, shows, whatever. So what else have you been watching lately? Um, a lot of Christmas rom-coms, I'll tell you that much. Um, Hell yeah. Tis the season, as they tis say. Tis the season. But much like Dear Christmas, um, I can't remember most of their names. <laughs> um, so I mentioned Christmas Edition. Uh, that was one I watched recently, and... Christmas edition was shocking because it, it's still a bad Christmas rom-com, but it had two uh-huh. adults who are mature and want the best for each other. I've never seen that in a Christmas rom-com in my entire life. Wow. So, um, okay. But it was still kind of fun to riff on and make fun of. So that was a good one. Recommend that. Um, I saw one that was one of the worst ones I've ever seen in my life. Um, <laughs> and this was unfortunately a Christian Christmas rom-com. And it's okay. called The Farmer and the Bell Saving Santa Land. Wow, interesting. <laughs> that one's really just a horror, but you know, I would recommend it if you're looking to like be shocked and see like Bible verses everywhere and like a pastor and all that shit. So that one was good. <laughs> I recently watched actually um let's completely turn away from Chris Romcom. I watched Cap- uh, Caveat, uh-huh. which is a horror movie. Um came out end of last year. And it's, I want to say it's Irish. I think it's an Irish movie. And it was absolutely scary. Scared the shit out of me. And it's on Shudder. And most horror movies don't really scare me because I watch them all the time. This movie freaked me the fuck out. So I recommend it. I'm looking at the poster right now. It looks very scary with the weird little rabbit guy. It's a very scary. It's very like low budget. Oh, it's actually already on my watch list. Oh, hell yeah. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Just slip it up there. Apparently I heard of it at some point. (laughs) Um, It's really kind of a fucked up little movie and I was scared. So I recommend that one. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, is that it? I mean, I probably watched more, but I, which I've already told you before that this last past weekend, I was devoting my life to a extreme remote immersive horror role-playing experience and so literally all that i'm thinking of is that which is not watchable anywhere so like that took up (laughs) that took up all my bandwidth and that was like a three-day experience so that's all that's in my brain besides those three movies that i could think of okay hell yeah all right for me i got a couple things i watched actually some really good shit i watched dog tooth the yorgos lanthimos movie um, from 2009 nice. that was have you seen it no you might like it it's about like some parents who have some adult children that have lived in their house their entire life and the parents I saw somebody refer to it as like in uh, a reference to homeschooling which I thought was an interesting interpretation but like the parents teach their kids all these this crazy mm-hmm. shit 
it's kind of it's an abusive mm-hmm. situation but like they teach them that the outside world is so dangerous they can't leave the house unless they're in a car um, which they never are because they don't know how to drive they teach them like false definitions for words oh, it's shit. like it's really fucked up and crazy and creative and beautiful and violent and that sounds great I and it's on tubi really i gotta watch it. that yeah dog tooth yeah and have you seen any other yorgos lanthimos movies mm-hmm. he did um killing of a sacred deer and the lobster and the favorite so i need to i've been wanting to see killing of sacred deer i just hear that it's very Mm. like sad and kind of fucked up so i need to be in the right but that's on my list i i really need to watch that one and i have not we did an episode on that one actually it's really good yeah (laughs) i might like dogtooth a little better okay dogtooth is a little i mean they're both like really good and really crazy Mm -hmm. but um dogtooth is a little more holy i don't know it's a little more uh artistic okay fully from from top yeah. to bottom whereas i felt like killing of a sacred deer had like ebbs and flows you know okay okay dog tooth is more solid T2B. oh sweet okay and that's just my opinion but yeah um, <laughs> like killing of a sacred deer has some really insane parts but they're like it's ebbs and flows because then there's some lulls in between and some things i didn't like in between dog tooth i liked all the way through yeah that was just really cool movie i watched the scorsese movie scorsese uh, putting a little flair on it uh, after hours. Okay. I don't know if you've seen that. I I think I have like a mental block against Scorsese. <laughs> okay, okay. Because I I just I don't know if it's like because of the type of people that often love mm. his movies or the type of movies he's done lately mm-hmm. or what. But I have some kind of notion that like oh it's just gonna be like a bro movie that like I it's not my vibe or whatever. But I have to admit. <laughs> He does have some good shit. He does. And After Hours is actually really good. And you hate to admit (laughs) it. But it's actually really good. And (laughs) it's just like one night in this guy's life. um, One of those like everything's going wrong and this night is kind of endless Mm -hmm. type movies. Maybe the prototype for those type of movies. But it was just like really well done and stressful and great. After Hours. I watched Margot at the Wedding which is a Noah Baumbach film, I think also from like the 2000s, somewhere like 2007 or something. It has Nicole Kidman and Jennifer Jason Leigh and Jack Black. Oh, shit. Okay. They're all very good in it. I'm getting really into Noah Baumbach. I've been going through his filmography and um, you know what? I like his shit. It's good. I lo- <laughs> I really liked that movie too. Um, it was a lot better than I thought it would be. I don't know. I guess I also have a predisposition against wedding movies, but it's actually not really about a wedding. Okay. So <laughs> nice. The best kind. Okay. Just in the mm-hmm. title. Yeah. I don't know. I really like that movie, Margot at the Wedding. All right. I got two more. All right. I watched Gabriel with Rory Culkin. Okay. Um, that one. Also better than I expected. You know what? That's my theme for this one, better than I expected. It's kind of um, Rory Culkin plays like a mentally unwell boy who's maybe recently released from a mental hospital and hyper-focused on getting his ex-girlfriend to like date him. Like that's going to be the thing that fixes him and makes him better. (laughs) So the whole movie is his journey trying to get this woman back in Mm -hmm. his life or whatever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But he's really good in it and... There's some really like emotional scenes and I thought it was going to be like probably bad taste corny movie, but it actually was pretty good. So that was cool. Gabriel. And then I just have a little short, which I really liked called Chuck's Chicken. 
<laughs> directed by this guy Joey Izzo who I've talked about some of his shorts on pod before I don't know if I even want to give the plot away I think it's it looks really cool the story's really cool and there's almost zero dialogue in it which I always think is so fascinating that you can make a whole story with almost no speaking yeah in it, I think is very cool and commendable so that's actually an early work by Joey Izzo I think it's one of his earlier films and it's very cool. I liked it. Chuck's Chicken. And that's all my After Darks for this week. Nice. <laughs> but a handful of good shit. It's a lot. Yeah, I just saw a Scorsese. <laughs> I had never seen Shutter Island. And I saw I saw that one a couple weeks oh, yeah. ago. So Does it hold up? I wonder about that one. Um, So I kind of watched it after watching um, Caveat because Caveat uh, kind of like fucks with you a little psychologically. And so like Shutter Island, like was kind of like a follow-up because I'd never seen it. It's like so uh-huh. it's kind the problem is it's like kind of very obvious. Like you kind of understand pretty quickly. You're like, well as I know that things are not as they seem and I know pretty much how they're not yeah. as they seem. Do you know what I mean? So it's like a really well made movie, but um I don't know. I didn't love it, I guess. You know, I wasn't mad at it, but it's also long as fuck, dude. Like it is such a long movie. Really? Oh over two hours. Yes. Two and a half hours. Yeah. So I don't know if I like recommend a rewatch, to be honest with you, just because it's yeah. too fucking long. I saw that movie in theaters. Okay. So, and I've never seen it again. Yeah. So, at least not that I remember. But I remember being totally taken by the twist. But I that also was, what, 2010? So I was young, baby. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You'd probably be like, I already know this. I can spot the smile. Well, I guess you literally do because you've already seen it. But yeah. Because I've already seen yeah, I think I'm looking at his at um, Scorsese's filmography at currently, and I think I've really only seen see five of his movies. Okay, okay. Oh, six because I watched a short film that he did too. I did like the short I watched of his was called The Big Shave. It's like five minutes. It's very short, but it's just a guy shaving. Uh, basically his face off. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> it's kind of like gory and gruesome to watch, but it's fun to watch. And I I like watching older shorts. I think they did. It was from 1967, oh. so it's very old short. They just, I don't know. There's a cool vibe to them. Yeah, that's cool. Okay. <laughs> watching shorts that old. Yeah, I did like that. I've seen The Departed. I remember liking that. I only saw it in theaters, I think. I've seen Taxi Driver. Shutter Island, and Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf of Wall Street I also only saw in theaters. I don't remember loving that one as much, but it's also a topic that's boring to me. Okay, yeah. Um, I don't know if I've seen that many. I'm trying to think. Like, I've seen... Wolf of Wall Street is three hours? Oh, my Jeez, God. Jeez, his stuff is always so fucking long. It's too long. After Hours that I mentioned, 97 minutes. Okay, okay there we in, go. You're out. Okay. That's what I'm talking about. But sorry, what were you going to say? Short and sweet. Short and sweet. <laughs> yeah. I've seen, uh, let's, I really, I liked Goodfellas. Goodfellas, I, you know, it was good. But yeah, see, it, that's the thing. It's like usually just not kind of my scene, the stuff he does. Like yeah. he's a great filmmaker, like, but it's just not really my, my, my bag, you know? Yeah. And I guess also in some ways, like if you're trying to go back and watch some of the stuff he did, like Taxi Driver, for instance, like at this point, you're going to be like, that's not as impressive, right? Because mm-hmm. we've seen so many movies like that that are maybe even better, you know, now, yeah. nowadays. But like, you kind of have to put it in context, like that that type of movie wasn't really around that much exactly. back then and not done in the same way and whatever. Um, so you can kind of see how the influence has come down the line or whatever. But yeah, I don't know. I don't feel that motivated to watch through his filmography in any way. But I did really like After Hours. So 
I mean, taxi driver is fine too. That's cool. Yeah. Um, don't cancel me. (laughs) (laughs) That's the number one film bro movie. (laughs) So, uh, anyway, Scorsese, check him out. Check out. I don't know. You ever heard of him? Little filmmaker called Martin Scorsese. So, Ariel, what do you got to plug? Where can people find you, etc.? Uh, I guess I can plug my podcast, my number one in the country podcast, um, mm-hmm. Holiday Love. <laughs> um, no, uh, not your final girl. It's about horror movies. Complete. Well, I don't. It's actually not a huge left turn from from Christmas rom coms because they're kind of horror movies. So yeah, com- this one was absolutely a horror movie. So honestly, yeah. most of them, most of them are so. completely makes sense in the same universe um we talk about me and um my co-host candace we talk about horror movies we usually interview cool people just listen to it i almost said watch it fuck so good (laughs) so good at these plugs and so you can find that like so you can do facebook instagram twitter it's nyfg pod on instagram and twitter and it's not your final girl on facebook that's kind of where you can I guess find us. Do you want to plug your music at all? Ariel's a rocker. Oh, that's true. Um, yeah, I I'm on Bandcamp. It's like arieldyermusic.bandcamp.com or something like that. And that's figure it. it out. arieldyer.bandcamp.com. There we go. Did it. I just looked at it. That's it. Nice. That's all. All right. Hell yeah. That's all for the up then. So thanks for joining me and Hell taking yeah. me on this ride. <laughs> and I guess I'll do a tiny plug that if you liked this, I'm gonna do another. Uh, holiday movie with Ariel for the Patreon. So yes. check out that shit. Okay. <laughs> fancy, fancy Patreon. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. And we'll see everyone next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.